fabulous fundraisers. I'm Don Lego. It's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. Together, we'll dive into lively conversations and we're going to chat with industry-leading fundraisers, thought leaders, and we're going to explore those hot button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. All right, let's get going. If you are new to Raise Nation Radio, welcome, welcome, welcome. We hope you're tuning in on your favorite podcast channel. We stream on 10 different channels and we are on demand at onecause.com. So follow us and tune in wherever it's convenient for you so that you could hear all of our uh, thought leaders and fundraisers anywhere, anytime, anyplace. And if you've been with us before, thank you for being a fan. Thank you for making Raise Nation Radio so popular. We continue to give you great stories and fundraisers and thought leaders. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, you know how to reach me. We'd, We'd love to have you. But today... I am very pleased to welcome a special guest. We have Caitlin Brewer here with us on Raise Nation Radio. Caitlin is the president and CEO of a very special um, organization um, working in an area that's a little sensitive, but we're going to dive in uh, deep to darkness to light. Um, and darkness to light is also um, a 2023 grantee recipient in the One Cause Grants program. So just all around an honor to have this organization with us to talk about their mission, their impact and everything they're doing. So a very warm welcome, Caitlin. Welcome to Raise Nation Radio. It's so great to have you here today. Don, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, we really want to dive into everything that you're doing to impact our communities and talk about a very special and delicate mission. Um, But first, I really would love our audience to get to know you a little bit better, other than just a title that I slapped out in the intro of, of this show. So if you would just share a little bit about your career and how you came to Darkness to Light and whatever you feel comfortable sharing personally. Yeah, of course. Um, I was just recently having fun with my personal email signature and describing myself. And I have decided that I am a joy seeker. Um, I am an avid advocate for causes I believe in, and I am a dedicated auntie. Um, Those are the things that make me who I am. But I I love that, by the way. Love it. That's fantastic. I think I may steal a couple of those things. Please do. Very special. I mean, being an aunt is probably one of the best things that I've ever done. Um, So, yeah, um, I have grown up professionally in the nonprofit space. I used to do a lot of work in African development. I lived and worked in about 13 different countries um, over the course of, you know, 10 years. Um, And I uh, specifically lived in Johannesburg, where I met my wife um, and lived there for a couple of years. And then we moved back to the States and I transitioned from African development into um, I did some veteran oriented work and gave scholarships to kids whose parents had died in the line of duty, which was incredible. And then um, you know, incredible work. And then I was recruited to join Darkness Slate. Um, and, you know, admittedly, and I tell people this all the time, I knew pretty much 
uh, as little as you could possibly know about what child sexual abuse prevention looked like, um, how it happened. Uh, but I did know a lot about fundraising. I knew a lot about organizational development and organizational change. And so it was an incredible opportunity. Uh, and I've now been here for six and a half years. Wow. Um, what a, what, what a resume. Oh my gosh. 13 <laughs> countries. Yeah. Um, it was, I, I miss it every day. It was, it was an incredible, incredible amount of work, but I realized that there are so many Africans, um, doing incredible things. And while I, I, I do believe that I, you know, I helped in the organization helped marginally. I think that there are people in those countries who are more than capable of, you know, doing the work that we were doing. And so that's why I stepped back. Got it. Wow. Okay. Well, that sounds like a second Raise Nation Radio episode. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we really want to talk about darkness to light because admittedly, I don't know that I know everything about the mission. Um, I got a little um, behind the scenes look at ha- um, having the opportunity to review your grant application for the One Cause Grants program, which yeah. we'll get to in just a moment. Yeah. But I don't know that I know everything that I should and perhaps our audience doesn't know. So can you talk a little bit about your mission and the um, very tender and delicate population that you serve? It's It's heartbreaking, really, when you think about it. Yeah, of course. So um, we focus on child sexual abuse prevention, and we do that through building prevention-oriented communities um, at the individual level, at the community level, at the organization level, and at the influencer sort of policy maker level. Um, and that sounds like a lot of jargon, but really, you know, what what matters is that um, prevention is possible and it's possible through behavior change of good, honest, um, dedicated parents and caregivers and um, leaders in our communities. And so Darkness to Light is most well known for our flagship training, Stewards of Children. Um, it's a two and a half hour training that you can take either online or you can have a facilitator in your community uh, distribute that training for you. And it really helps you bring, it brings you through five steps that help you recognize, prevent, and react responsibly to child sexual abuse um, uh, suspicions or actual um, instances. And so with that, you know, over the last 22, 23 years, We've built a network of facilitators in 50 states and 17 countries, and we have had more than 2 million people take our training. Um, I know, which is incredible. Um, Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what we're most well-known for. Um, We also now are co-founders of a survivor-led movement called Keep Kids Safe. Um, And that movement is a group of survivors and uh, national organizations that are advocating uh, for comprehensive legislation for prevention, healing, and justice from child sexual abuse. And so we're working, we wrote a blueprint. It's If you're ever bored before you go to sleep and you want to read 40 pages of what you think we should be doing at the federal level, it's on our website, um, keep-kids-safe.org. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's an incredible amount of work, um, to be navigating the the halls of Capitol Hill, um, advocating on behalf of our, our nation's children. And you're, you're kind of directing and managing all of this, the programming, the mission, keeping it good. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Um, 
I will. I will take that 40 page document and, and read it. Um, very Be your interesting. Highlighter. There's lots yeah. of <laughs> Okay. Highlighter ready. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on it. So what are some of your, uh, I would imagine education, teachers, guidance mm-hmm. counselors, yeah. coaches, they've yeah. gone through your training. Who else is your training good for? That's just the first thing that came top of my mind. Yeah, daycare providers. Oh, um, oh God, daycare providers. That that yeah. just a little sadness came along with that. I know. That's really young. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, daycare providers, um, camp counselors, uh, youth serving oh. organization leaders, like you know, boys and girls club, YMCA, the uh, you know, Jewish uh, organizations across the country that have youth serving organizations. Um, who else? Doctors, nurses, dental hygienists, um, oh my. bus drivers, uh, janitors. Um, oh. You know, we have had, and I mentioned each one of those because we have trained um, someone in that profession and they have come back and reported to us that they have made one or more disclosures. I was or, just going to ask you that. Yeah, oh my gosh. Um, janitors in particular, I mean, you know, they, they see so much that happens in the buildings that they, you know, service and it's, it's, they're an incredibly important part of the ecosystem of keeping kids safe. Wow. Yeah. Talk about a mic drop. Like I have to (laughs) just stop for a moment and think, but they're really heroes, you know, to, to go through the training, do they, are they, are they self-motivated or is it typically part of a school district or both? Right. It, it, I, I would imagine. Yeah, both. That, yeah. Yeah. It's both. And, you know, part of what our education gives is the tools to be able to try and have the self-efficacy to actually make the report. Right. Cause I think, you know, there's so many social stigmas that we as adults have to get over in order to be able to act on behalf of children. I mean, the the main question we get, for instance, is, well, what if I suspect something is happening, but it's actually not happening? You know, I, mm-hmm. I could ruin this person's life. And um, yeah, it, what if I, I'm wrong? Sure. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, our our um, our response to that is, listen, there's a gut feeling for a reason. If you think someone is breaking boundaries and rules that have been established and they do so repeatedly, um, you're normally, something is happening. And the reality is, what if you're right? Yeah. What if something is happening? You have the opportunity to be able to save a child or children's lives. And, you know, it's not up to you truly to make sure that it's actually happening. There are, there are, hundreds of thousands of people across this country and communities all over who are professionals at this, who are able to figure out whether or not it's actually happening, but they depend on people like you to make a report to bring that child in to have a forensic interview and see whether something is happening. If you see something, say something, right? I mean, and and arm yourself with the training and the education, thanks to darkness to light to maybe help make those calls. So um, it's not just anecdotally, it's, it's with something behind it. And if you got that gut feeling, um, I, yeah, I had, I had no idea, but now I'm getting, I'm getting there. Now there's a lot of myths, right? There's definitely some myths about 
child sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Let's let's be some myth, let's be a myth buster here myth for just busting. a little bit. Can you take us through some of those myths so that you know our audience is just a little bit more informed? Yeah, sure. So one of the biggest myths, um, particularly for millennials and older, if you will, is that stranger danger is a thing. Um, And listen, I am not here to say that there aren't obviously things that happen um, in connection with strangers, but it is statistically 10% of the time. um, 10. So what's the 90%? 90% of the time, a child is abused by someone that the family Uh. knows and trusts. Okay. 30% of that 90 is a, is a close family member and 60% is a person in the community that is, um, you know, a trusted community member. Um, and so that's the next myth I'd like to talk about, which is, you know, pillars of the community do not abuse children. Um, in fact, it's, it's unfortunately quite the opposite. And if you follow any of the news media in the past, you know, 10 years, you will see that it is priests and rabbis and politicians and, um, you know, ministers, it's, it's, uh, it's community members that, um, strategically place themselves in a position of power to have access to children, um, and they gain the trust over time. Um, and so it's important that we know that we combine those two things, right? Like, like people who are abusing children benefit from uh, our misunderstanding that it's stranger danger. They benefit from the fact that most people don't um, know that it's somebody that the family knows and trusts. They benefit from the fact that people think that it's, you know, uh, uh, an older guy with a mustache who drives a white van, you know, when in fact- And wears a black coat, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. a trench coat or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it, in fact, it's not. It's the person sitting in the church pew with you. It's the person picking your kid right up next to school. you. It's the person coaching your child. And, you know, and and I don't say any of this to make people walk around in fear, right? That That is right. not our recommendation at all. Fear-based decision-making is- is poor decision-making. What I do recommend is just educating yourself to minimize opportunities for individuals um, to have one-on-one alone time with your kids. You know, make sure that what they're doing um, is always in a group setting. The rule of three is incredibly important in the life of the child um, for a multitude of reasons. Um, I would also offer that we have seen an increase in peer-on-peer abuse um, in the last 10 years. And that has to do, um, although there aren't a ton of studies out there with direct causal correlation, Um, Most professionals are associating that with increased access to pornographic materials. And Mm. so they are crimes of curiosity. They're not necessarily crimes of violent intent. Um, And so it's just important for parents to begin to have you know, conversations with their children about what they're viewing online, how they might feel about some of the things that they've seen online. Um, and because this is, it is part of prevention. Uh, and so I think, you know, I'm, I'm down a rabbit hole now, but I, I really do believe that um, building that relationship with your child from a very early age, that it's safe to talk to you about um, your body and body boundaries and sexuality and, um, you know, what 
it, it, that it's okay to be curious, but you have to be curious and in a safe um, way, in a safe way. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, you just put a lot together because now I understand the concern about reporting because, um, there is that question, what if I'm wrong? But then there's also that question, what if I'm wrong about um, a, a person in the community that's loved and adored, right? Like exactly. that's a lot of pressure. So yes. thinking that it's thinking that it was stranger danger um, mm-hmm. and now understanding that it's not makes the weight of the reporting all that much more difficult. So I kind of get Info. that now. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay light bulb moment. Um, what, what about prevalence though? Cause you did mention that, you know, you don't, you're not necessarily trying to strike, mm-hmm. you know, fear in everyone at, at the, you know, you're not trying to strike a chord right now, but is prevalence so rampant that we should all have this training and should all be aware and should have like a little, a, a little set of rules about, I mean, Hey, my daughter is in college right now and I still, don't go home alone. Make sure you're going home with somebody, you know, exactly. buddy system, all yes. of that. So um, what are we looking at with prevalence? Um, can you comment Honestly, on that? It's not good. Um, uh, I was afraid you were going to say that. <laughs> conservative estimates um, put it at one in 10, um, but there are recent uh, studies um, that are saying in Oregon in particular that are saying it could be, it could be closer to one in three. Um, and I will, I do want people to hear the one in 10 number is a number based on studies that were done about actual physical touch. Um, whereas the one in three number includes things like, were you exposed to pornographic materials before you wanted to be, did someone show them to you? Uh, you know, it, so there are, it's not necessarily physical. It's more than just the physical act of um, being sexually abused. There are other yeah. aspects to that, which can, which is just as harmful. I mean, really, yes. yeah, very much so. so. So, really, I think, gosh, it makes sense to me that there's not one person in the world that wouldn't benefit from this training. Just exactly. the awareness, the education, and the training, because who is not encountering, you know, the youth in some, in some fashion, who doesn't want to protect the next generation of of our country, of the world. So that's a lot of pressure then for darkness to light to like, let's educate everybody. I mean, I'm just expanding all of us. Yeah. We start off our training Don, by, by asking people, okay, sit down right now, one in 10 children um, might be victims, write down the names of 10 children that, you know, and and think about those 10 children and you know what what you would do to keep all 10 of them safe and to bust that statistic that one of those children will be sexually abused before their 18th birthday and when you personalize something like that it the magnitude of it is it can be overwhelming but when you then follow that up with tools and tricks and, you know, um, systems to be able to help kids and behaviors that you can take on to help kids. It makes it a lot more reasonable to sort of navigate the world that we live in. Yeah. 
Wow. Well, so we've definitely established, at least you've established for me, the the purpose to, of darkness and light and, and you know, the, the need for the mission. So how do you get there? What do you need? How can you, know, I have like, I'm going to rattle off a bunch of questions, pick and choose what you want to okay. answer, how you want to, how you want to, yeah. you know, but, but I just got to, I, I have to be, fire them off. How do you get there? What, I mean, it sounds like fundraising is a big part, part of that to keep your programming and, and your training, training going. How do you create awareness and um, what do you need and how do people get involved? So I just fired a lot off at you. So take (laughs) take it whenever direction you'd like to. Okay. Um, well, before I get to the fundraising, because that is clearly the a, a pinnacle of success for us, um, I do want to tell people that there are non-cash ways that you can help. One of them is asking your school districts, your daycares, your youth-serving organizations. Get right okay. on that, right? People what, should be yeah. writing emails right now. Yep. What are your child sexual abuse prevention policies here? When I leave my child here, are your staff trained? Do you have, have you had a- Because, hey, I don't want to be a statistic. Stick, right? Exactly. Let's, let's get exactly. in front of this. Yeah. But in okay. terms of, you know, the fundraising component, I mean, Don, it's, uh, listen, I, I, I started this off by saying that I worked in African development. I used to raise tens of millions of dollars for projects across the continent. Um, and if I can raise a couple million dollars a year for my organization, it is, uh, it, it's a successful year. Um, this is a deeply, deeply underfunded topic. It is not something that people pick up their checkbooks or credit cards and, you know, um, donate to in the same way that they do with, you know, other causes, other very worthy causes, by the yeah. way, that I also sure. do too. Right. Um, but but I didn't realize how underfunded it was and how, you know, we've just established how deeply pervasive it is in society. And so we need real scalable solutions. And organizations like Darkness Slate in our space have real innovative scalable solutions, but we can only do that if we have the resources to be able to scale at the rate that we need to. Um, and so, you know, that's why we were so... Uh, blown away by one cause, you know, um, having us as a grantee because this peer-to-peer fundraising and being able to raise based on events that people, you know, like the New York City Marathon and and things like that for us, it it, it does it does two things. It brings cash to the table so we can actually accomplish it, but it also demonstrates that people are willing to associate their name their effort and their um, charitable like donations to a cause like child sexual abuse prevention without shame, without, you know, fear. And so, you know, when, when companies like one cause choose this topic, you are, you're putting your flag in the sand and saying, you know, this issue deserves attention too. And so Cheers to you all, because I know you received an insane amount of grants with very worthy organizations. Yes. Um, but we're so grateful, truly. Ah, oh, that yeah. And, and so for our audience who may not know, One Cause does have an annual grant program. It opens in the summer each year for the following year. You applied for the 2023 grant program, which... Um, grants you software of your choice for a a 24 month um, subscription. And you're right. This was a record year 
for us. Um, our grant applications grew four times, 400 percent. Mm-hmm. And it was very hard for the evaluation committee to narrow it down because they were all worthy courses. You know, we have three areas of focus and you fit into one of them. Mm -hmm. So you met the criteria, the baseline (laughs) criteria. And then we had to go into, you know, the, 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 the story, the mission, the impact, you know, and, and how you could use the grant to grow the mission. And after going to, you know, semifinals to finals, to interviews, it was grueling, you know, and the (laughs) deliberation behind the scenes wasn't easy for the committee, but yes, you were selected out of all of that. Right. And so I think that's definitely congratulations, truly. Thank you. you. And um, we're proud of you and the work that you're doing and, um, you know, I think we just established that there's not one person in the world that shouldn't have this kind of training. 100%. And I hope people are writing emails to their school districts, to their coaches, to their girls club and, mm-hmm. and girl yeah. scouts and boy scouts and everything in between, because, you know, why not? Why, why do we want to be on the other side of it? We want right. to, we want to try to prevent it. And, um, you know, I want to see all the success in the world. So if people wanted to get involved, we've established a couple things. One, they can fundraise, right? Mm-hmm. One cause is going to help you do that for the next two years through the grant program. So go darkness to light, you know, hit the ground running, use and abuse the software and they, they can donate, they can fundraise. I'm sure there's multiple ways, you know, to fundraise and, and we can find that on the website, right? Um, is it, uh, do you use the number two? Is it d2l.org or what is the yes. website? Yes, it's uh, d the number two l.org. Great. Well, we'll get that on the show notes. So nobody has to remember that. And we'll have that all there. Um, we also mentioned take action, be preventative in thinking, write some notes right now, make sure mm-hmm. that everybody's protected. But how else can people get involved uh, working with darkness to light? Um, and what do you need right now? Yeah, listen, we are relaunching our our flagship training and we are going to be training a whole new batch of facilitators across the country. Um, And so we are really excited about um, rolling that out in communities who have never experienced prevention training before. And so if you're interested, um, please go to thenewstewards.org um, and look over the training, why it's different than the one we have now. There's some dates available in May and beyond for new facilitators who have never um, engaged with us before. And we'd love to have you in our community um, or in, sorry, in your community, uh, you know, rolling out prevention efforts. Okay. So that's yet another, that's a great way to to get involved. Um, Mm -hmm. if you can't make that financial, um, commitment. Um, so it sounds like there's lots of opportunities and we can find it all, you know, on the website. Do you have any success stories? Can you talk about the impact or anything that comes to your mind, um, about someone you've trained or, or children that you might have helped or, or prevented from, you know, is there a, any story that you can share with us to bring this all together, make it Ooh, real? There are plenty. I, I mean, yeah. I, I would love to be able to share them all. Um, you know, I'll talk, I'll talk about one on a podcast, actually. I, uh, I, a few years ago, I was invited to be on a podcast and the woman who ran the podcast was, um, she talked a lot about 
healthy lifestyles and eating and meditation and, you know, things like that. And she lives in the same city I do. And I just sort of heard about our work through the grapevine. So I go on and I do, you know, this, the same talk, talk about what we do and why it's important. And, you know, I do these things and I never know, I don't hear back like, uh, oh, this is a really, you know, it changed my life, except I love the way she interviewed me so much. It felt like one big hug, kind of like you today, Don, um, just giving me a hug through the screen. And, um, and so I began listening to her podcast regularly. And at the end of her season, she wrapped up, um, you know, and just said this, this season's most important uh, episode was with Caitlin Brewer, Darkness Delight. I received this letter um, from a listener who realized that she was a survivor of child sexual abuse and um, that there were options for her and that she wasn't alone and that she spoke to her sister about it and her sister disclosed to her that she was a survivor too. And now the two of them are going to therapy and sharing their healing journey together. Um, and they had never told anyone in their entire life until they heard you speak. And, and it, when I tell you, I had to pull over on the side of the road yeah. and just let it out. And I was just, yeah. Oh, because, God. you know, it, it's, I, I was so, I'm so sorry that they had that experience and that, you know, they've been carrying that around alone. But part of this prevention is opening up the doors for survivors to be able to have conversations about what happened to them as well. And not in the, you know, in the darkness and the shame and the silence. And after a couple of drinks at the dinner table, that's the only time it ever gets mentioned, like out in public proud of the fact that they have overcome incredible, you know, trauma in their lives and they are still amazing people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So now that segues to the, you you have crisis helpline as well. So Perhaps we, we're reaching out to somebody right now and we don't know it, Caitlin. So exactly. we would be remiss to not talk about that. Let's talk about how people can get help. Let's talk about your your text line. People can actually text in, right? You want people to be as comfortable and whatever that means. It's a phone call, it's yes. an email. So let's talk about um, uh, 866-4LIGHT um, or text light to seven, four, one, seven, four, one. Did I get those right? And you can did. you talk about the programs there that yeah, both of those are free resources. Um, we work with organizations that manage both that hotline. Like John said, that's one, eight, six, six, four light. Um, and another organization runs our text crisis hotline, um, which is the word text, the word light to seven, four, one, seven, four, one. Text the word light. Okay, we'll get all that in the show notes too, if anybody's listening. So just go um, into the show notes. Now you have lots of sponsors too. Um, If there's too many, then let's not mention any of them because I don't want to leave anybody out. But are there a couple that you want to shout out um, just off the top of your head? Uh, But I don't want you to, you know, miss anybody. So if you want to skip that, I understand as well. No, gosh, there's so many. I mean, I'd love to give a shout out to my board. I think my board, you know, it's... It's, it's a rarity, I think, that a CEO is friends as well as professional colleagues with, you know, board members. And they just are so supportive and so connected to this mission and, and our success. And so in each of them donate, you know, time, talent and treasure constantly. 
Um, I would love to talk about the Oak Foundation, which is a foundation out of Switzerland that has really sort of spearheaded um, a lot of our, you know, uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion work, as well as um, a number of efforts with this new kids safe movement um, and the belief that you know children deserve a federal law that helps them you know stay safe in their communities. Um, and I just think. You know, we we have past um, donors who have given to us and have you know that have really changed the game for 23 years. They believe, wow. you know, they believed in a topic um, that deserved more attention than it gets. Wow. Well, it's you've built a, a lovely community to support um, something that really needs to be everywhere in 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 our world and. Um, Congratulations um, on that. Um, I'll yeah. shout out your board um, <laughs> as well, because, you know, they're behind the scenes sometimes and don't don't always get the recognition and credit and the yeah. Oak Foundation. Big shout out to them as well. Yeah. So let's move over to the grant and our our um, relationship, your partnership with with one cause. Yeah. I think we touched on that already. But what did that mean for you? You were a top runner for sure. You went right into the semifinal, slipped right into the finals the interviews boom, <laughs> and then that phone call you know um you know was made um I think we did it I think we did it on zoom because you know we didn't want to just do it via email but what did yeah, that mean right. for you and your team my goodness well I'll tell you um our senior director of marketing communications Tanya Gill this is her favorite kind of fundraising. She just, you know, there are certain people in the world who love to fundraise and ask for money and get people excited and community events. And so when we saw this grant, she was just, you know, she, it's all she talked about. Um, and so when we started to realize that we were moving forward in the process, she just kept sending me messages saying, I'm getting more and more excited. I can't wait to build out, you know, an entire fundraising strategy around peer-to-peer -peer fundraising. And so, it, I mean, honestly, Don, it, it, what it means to us is that we get to expand um, a, a side of fundraising that we just have not been able to sort of crack for the last, you know, however many years. And and that is that's an incredible asset to an organization as small as ours. Um, but working sort of at the scale we're working, uh, you know, with with everyday people in communities who are passionate, you know, uh, about what we do. Oh, that's good to hear. And we're so happy and proud and going to stay connected with you. Um, our, your customer success manager, Ryan Love, um, yeah. when you were onboarded, you know, had, has already sent me a message and, you know, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to roll out the red carpet for them. I'm like, you go, <laughs> Ryan. So shout out to your customer success manager. Um, you you did end up selecting um, our peer to peer um, product um, complete with service award-winning service and support and you we layered on some um one-to-one -one consultation with that and um, we're really wanting to help you get to the next level and hopefully you take every advantage of the of the grant program you know to do that so i think with that said we're going to have to invite you back to yes. another episode to see how it all plays out <laughs> that and, great yeah um so that that'll be good and hopefully we can add some 
more things that we talked about um, earlier today. So um, promise you'll join us and and keep the keep the mission going and let us know how you're doing and what you need and how the grant is playing out for you. We'd love to. Have, oh, good. Very good. <laughs> so um, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for um, enlightening me. I didn't know. I'm planning to send some emails now. Um, actually, I'm meeting with my son's case study manager tomorrow. I think I'll drop a little, hey, by the way, yeah, so, exactly. um, we'll make sure that we do that. But please keep in touch. We're going to put a bunch of show notes in how to get in touch with Darkness to Light, um, how to get in touch with Caitlin on LinkedIn and um, all the information that you need to learn more about this wonderful organization, what they're doing, how you can support, how you can get involved and how you can just educate yourself because today was very enlightening for me. Yeah. So that's um good stuff. Please say hello to your team for me. I feel I like will, I got to I know will. them in the yeah. whole process. Um, they were just wonderful to work with. And um, yeah, I want them to, you know, just get, get all my love. Um, so we'll have to invite you back, but for now, and to all of our fearless fundraisers, that's about all we have time for today. I'm sorry, but thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at 12.30 p.m. That's Thursdays, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And in the meantime, listen to all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio. I think there's 75 of them. Follow the channel that you like best so you can get notifications about our new guests. All of you fundraisers are doing amazing things. You just heard about it. You're building better tomorrows for our communities. Your stories are awe-inspiring, and you don't want to miss a single episode of Raise Nation Radio to hear all about it. I would like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. Check it out at onecause.com and visit the resource tab on the homepage for a broad catalog of ebooks and vlogs and blogs and videos and podcasts and webinars that hopefully you'll find very helpful. A huge shout out and thanks to my guest, Caitlin Brewer from darkness to light for taking time out of her very busy day running advocacy and programming and impact and everything else to make um, a very important mission come come together caitlin thank you so much for your time any last words of inspiration for our audience i just want to say to all the survivors listening today uh whether you've shared your experience with someone or not uh we believe you and we're here when you're ready wow and there's right on the website a way, a way to talk to somebody if you need to. And we'll get that too in the show notes. Caitlin, thank you. You're so inspiring. Good luck to you. We're going to check in with you um, again. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Well, Fearless Fundraisers, that's a wrap. Until next time, I'm Don Lego. This is Raise Nation Radio. You stay fearless out there. Mm-hmm.